0: just love life. I love life about what we have available. I love life for what's our future look like. I love life and just realizing that we have a great opportunity where we are. I love to make people feel good. So for me personally, I try to go, hey, how can I make this person's life a little bit different today? How can I make this a little more fun?
1: The sound bite you just heard epitomizes John Carpenter. Everyone who knows John knows that he truly does love life and perhaps more importantly, he helps everyone around him to love life. John is someone who consistently creates a positive emotional response for everyone he encounters. His stories, lessons, and ideas can help you become more conscious of the powerful impact that you can have on others in your world. I know you'll enjoy getting to know my longtime colleague and friend, John Carpenter. hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today. My guest is one of the most well-liked and well-respected leaders throughout the Vector Marketing Cutco sales organization, Mr. John Carpenter, our Texoma Division manager. Uh, John has been in the business since 1987. In fact, his very first year, he was the number one sales rep in the entire company. The following year, he became a district manager in 1988, has developed many illustrious individuals in the company uh, throughout his career. He became a division manager in 1991. He was originally in Houston, relocated to Dallas three years later. And John is one of the highest producing field managers of all time in the company, recently was the recipient of our company's $100 million award for producing over nine figures in Cutco sales in his illustrious career. Very notably, also, John married his sixth-grade sweetheart not when they were in sixth grade, that wouldn't be good, but uh, he did marry his sixth grade sweetheart, Monica, and they have been married for 34 years and have two children who have both sold Cutco. This is going to be a great interview today. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. John Carpenter, thanks so much for making the time.
0: My pleasure, by the way. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's find out a little bit about you. And I think uh, what a lot of people would love to hear is some of the personal details about about John Carpenter, about you before you were with Cutco. So your path to starting in Cutco was a little different than, than most, and I would just love to hear a little bit about uh, your background before you got into working with Cutco and Vector. So
0: f- for me, again, you know, I started working when I was in third grade. I, I come from two deaf parents. My mother is actually deaf and blind. So in the third grade, I started uh, figuring out, uh, in my opinion, deaf people used to love to bowl and go to church so we did both of those things and i knew how to do the automatic scoring system before most people did and especially before anyone knew how to talk to deaf people so that was my job is 2 dollars an hour but it was three free bowling games an hour so for weeks after i would work a tournament literally my friends and I would be bowling for God knows how long just for goofiness sake but it was really a lot of fun I had a stupid lawn business or you know landscape maintenance or whatever they'd be joking about it my wife who had never uh, still yet to work outside the home she literally was awesome and would help me mow yards which is really really crazy and then when I was 16 I got the greatest job in the world before Cutco and it was working construction with my grandmother's company I mean it was goofy but there's a big strike I guess or something going on in Dallas and they're like hey do you want to make three times minimum wage and I was like I'm 16 and they go hey you're 18 and I go perfect that sounds great my grandmother works there and they were paying me a ridiculous amount of money and uh, made it for a lot of fun but it was also very challenging as far as the job goes as far as like the hard work but so many people told me i would be so great at the construction job and they explained to me like their hours and their work ethic and the things that they did and it really really scared me honestly like theoretically it scared me straight and what i mean by that is the top people in the company were not earning or had the flexibility to move up like i thought i would want to in a dream job and that's you know for me I worked at a bank. I worked a little bit of real estate, but Cutco was that dream job in 1987. I just needed something. And I was like, you know what? I'm an accounting major. I need to find something in business. And for me, I put an ad in the Dallas Morning News, which I'm pretty sure is barely open uh, at this point, and came in. I was that weird kid, had to wait two weeks for training. And I came into training and it was the longest training in the history of the world. Now, I'm <laughs> I realize now, Dan, literally, that they were training branch managers for the summer. So I get that. So a a new manager would come in, now that I know this, he would cover a section, and then my boss would come in, Mark Caruza, and he would cover the section again because he wasn't as excited about that section as they should have been. So I'm talking about 25, 26 hours of training over three days, no breaks, no food, no nothing. The fact that I survived those three days is ridiculous.
1: It seems like we're from the same class of, uh, of uh, vector. you know, h- how we started with training in vector because I grew up uh, under Filippo Mancini and I was trained in his, his office and uh, it was the same thing. It was three long days. I seem to remember it was like nine to six, nine to six, nine to six, all three days. So that, uh, that's pretty funny that uh, you had that same experience early yeah. on.
0: I mean, I felt like we went two out of my office. I felt like we went out two hours late every day. And it was just like, I was so hungry. And I remember going, I know I'm going to do well at this job because I've spent so many hours trying to get good at it.
1: Yeah. What were some of the initial experiences you had that stand out?
0: <laughs> so one of the biggest things that happened to me on the third day of training is I refused the base pay back in those days, and I would never ask anyone to ever do that now. But back in those days, you had to sign a piece of paper that says, this is your base pay. And I go, look, I'm going to make way more money on commission. So I want to do that. And for me personally, I just knew that if I did the things that Mark Caruso said, I should be successful. And I had, I don't know why sometimes, but back then, I just had this great confidence that Kaka was a great product, even though I I didn't cook or do anything. Mark Caruso was going to be a great manager because he and I had the same goals in our future. And I was just like, okay, follow this man. And I had a couple of really great mentors in my life before that, that were, uh, they weren't great business mentors, but they were either great religious or they were just great men. And they would always give me really great advice.
1: That's awesome. Tell us a little more about uh, Mark Caruza and his role in your life and, and just what you think made him so special as a leader.
0: So it was really interesting because I was 20 and Mark was 22. So there wasn't a whole lot of difference between us as far as age goes. But I felt like he had a wealth of wisdom when it came to being great at making a, a great future and making a great life, being a great entrepreneur. And for me, Anyway, Mark was like, if you do this, you will get this. If you follow this. And again, people always told me about goals or working hard, but to me anyway, I mean, Mark was the first guy that actually ever cared. Like he cared about my wife. He cared about my family. And he was a single guy that had nothing to do with a family or a wife, but he's like, you know, John, you should be doing this. These are some tips that you should be doing every day with your wife. And again, I'm sure he read them out of a book, but I could have done the same thing. But he talked to me about what I could do to be a better husband, a man, and a father, which I thought was really, really amazing. And I was only 20, so I was on the early track for being a father,
1: for sure. The fact that he cared so much was just truly amazing. I I love the fact that he took a great interest in your personal... Life and it wasn't just all business. Um, right. in, in terms of your guys' relationship, and that he, you know, had conversations with you about being better as a man, being better as a father, as a husband, and and all those different types of things. I think that great leaders find the time to take that interest in their people and uh, and, and to work with their people at some level that is on things that aren't specifically business related. Because everybody that's working for you know, you or everybody that worked for Mark or everybody that works for anybody in any setting is doing that job so that they can advance their own personal goals and their own personal dreams. And so for a leader to take interest in that, I think is such a valuable trait. So tell us a little more about uh, the qualities that that you saw in Mark and and how he helped you.
0: So I've never met anyone Except for maybe Lloyd Reagan, that has the work ethic that Mark had. Mark just when he was working, there was just no no nothing other than that focus and going after it. So from a business standpoint, my goal was to emulate him. Whether I was with Cutco or if I if I talked back in those days about anybody's business, I was like, this is how you do it. And you know, Mark would when I was a sales rep, Mark would call me at 9 pm and go john i need to meet with you tonight can you meet me at bennegan's when i get off work at 10 30 and bennegan's is the place that some people probably don't know because it's closed down but i would put on a business suit the whole deal show up at 10 30 we would close the place down and for an hour he would talk about my potential my ability to do well and how i could be a better blank right whether it be a a Keko sales rep or whether I could do this. And it was so great because one of my favorite times about Mark is, and and again, Dan, you remember these stressful situations are going into CFC. Uh, For us anyway, I was the number one rep in the nation going into into the last two weeks of the summer. So my division manager calls me and says, oh, by the way, this guy just sold, Joseph Lee just sold $10,000 on this demo. By the way, you're tired and I I mean, you're tied, sorry. And I go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Mark grabs me and and he talks with my goals. And he's like, you can do this. And he does it math. And he does it emotionally. And I'm like, no, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And he goes, you could do it. You could do it. And finally, I joke about this. I just said I could do it because it was just easier to say I could do it than not do it. But he believed in me way more than I believed in myself. If I needed help at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. or at midnight, he it was never out of his way. It was always, quote, unquote, I felt like part of his plan to make me great. And on the total other side, he got me started with date night. And I promote this for the last 30-something, 34 years or 32 years I've been with Cutco. He goes, like, what do you mean? He's like, well, what night do you and Monica get away to spend time with yourselves? I go, he goes, you know, you have a child. That takes up a lot of time. I go, well, it's no big deal. He's like, no, get away and for a single 22 year old that was such an amazing thing for me because Monica and I to this day still do date night. I still try to make a, f- a few nights a week very very special. Even when we were our kids were in high school, we had a date night where we got a chance to be you know not parents but we could be you know a couple. I want to say lovers, right? So we were able to to talk about our thoughts, our loves, our dreams, our future. And I thought that was such an important part because, you know, at this point in Mark's life, he didn't have date night, but he was promoting it to me. And I felt like that was one of the greatest things that he ever did for me, honestly.
1: Yeah. Wow. That was really cool stuff right there. I, I love how you were you referred to Mark as a, someone who you wanted to emulate. Mm-hmm. A- and I do think that is one of the things that we all Need in our lives is who are those mentors that we want to be like that we want to sort of live up to in our lives and and for me that's that's been Bruce Goodman for you know most of my mm-hmm. career that I've just always wanted to emulate and be like him and and uh, and exhibit a lot of the same traits and qualities that I, I've seen in him and, and the fact that uh, you know Mark believed in you so much um, everybody has self doubt. It's like one of the most normal things to have for anyone in life. We all have self-doubt. And for most people, it's hard to overcome that by yourself. For most people, we need somebody else in our life who can tell us, yes, you can do that. I believe you can do that. You know, let, I'll help you. Let's make it happen. And, and for a lot of people, that person doesn't ever show up in their life. But uh, for, you know, for some of us that have been fortunate enough to work in Vector, we've been able to be around people who are like that for us uh, and who help us. And I know that you are that person for so many others now, John. Thank you. And uh, that, that's a cool thing that, uh, that you mentioned about Mark. Tell us, John, some of the, the other moments that stand out most throughout your career and just what you feel like are some of the lessons you've learned from those experiences.
0: Well, one of the big things I learned back as a sales rep, because I always like to start there, is I was so excited about being a manager that I spent a lot of time being a manager that fall. And a lot of people have caught me and Mark just really got me again and really believed that the things that I could do were possible and they could happen. And on the 13th hour or the 23rd hour, sorry, uh, literally I got a chance with a national championship and that was really, really great. I'm not going to lie. I felt like it, Mark, deserved, Mark already had a ton of national championships. He was before there was Drew Frank, I swear to God there was, you know, there's like Lloyd, because Drew Frank, Think said of Lloyd Reagan, you know, uh, back to Mark Bruza, uh, because they just won so many times and having that experience. And the crazy part was, and this goes back to our Bruce Goodman thing. And the, when I became a manager, one of the things that Bruce said to me, because I finished number two and I, I had a double number two office and district. So I was really bummed out and, you know, literally Bruce gave me some really, really great advice. And he says, you know, what did you learn from this? What did you do? And I was like, you know, I'm just so bummed out or whatever. And he goes, man, and 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 God bless Bruce. Of course, he's a guy that made a big impact in your life and he's our company president. But man, he went through a few things that was like, wow, think about the journey. Think about the people that you helped. Think about the people that did so well to help you back. And if you fast forward all the things that I've learned in Cutco and you show up in uh, 2016, even though I feel like I was an old man, we had $2 million in our pilot. And it's so funny because that's just just a number, right? And there's only been 10 people that had done it at the time. And I was really proud that, you know, Stacy and uh, Wes Frank and Drew Frank and our region already done it. But for me personally, it was my team. Coming around, it was my DOM, it was my CSPs, and everything mattered, you know, and it was one of the times where you know I wasn't working a hundred hours a week like I was in the old days, but the excitement and how much care that this company gave to me, like I felt like when I hit the number, there were a month before and a month after a thousand cheerleaders, you know. I got the cool watch, but it doesn't matter. You know, I could always sell the watch, but I will never forget people caring with three days going into Christmas going, hey, normally I take this week off, John, but right now we need to hit this for you. Hmm. And I've never felt more special as a, a, as a manager, for sure, with the exception of things my children have done or my wife has done. I've never felt that great about anything in the... You could have punched me in the gut, and I would have still smiled for another month. I was that happy. And again, the number was one thing, but the commitment and the things that people did to help me was the greatest feeling in the entire world.
1: Yeah, wow. So that that was a great great example of that two million dollar year there in in, in twenty sixteen in your office. Um, I, I want to take you back to your first summer as a DM because in that summer, I know that you developed some pretty amazing people, and in particular there was Brad Britton who yeah. came out of that summer, Katherine Hopkins, yep. Randy Metter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Some of the real leaders of of uh, Vector Sales back in those days grew out of your office that very summer. You know, what what can you remember about that first summer as a manager?
0: So, it, to me that was funny because my first 4 weeks I was just horrible, like just horrible. And Don murath as you know, uh Don murath and Mark Caruso grabbed me and goes, basically WTF. You know what I'm saying? And like they grabbed me in a room. We thought you're gonna do so much better. But what I found out though is I wasn't being John Carpenter. I was being Mark Caruso, a mm. six foot five, strong guy from Philadelphia that could just, you know, he just he he just took over a room. And Don Mirath goes, why don't you just be John Carpenter? And I remember leaving that conference, and it's really weird because back in those days, nobody sold more in August than they sold in June. God knows, no one sold more in July back in the south and back in the Southwest days, right? Uh, Compared to that, and man, I left that conference with a fear, and I'm sorry, a fear from not hitting my goals for sure. But it was that excitement, was that enthusiasm that these guys believed in me. And I remember going back and telling Monica, and I was like, "I'm not Mark Caruso." She goes. Of course not. I go, I'm John Carpenter. She goes, okay. And I was like, I need to be me. I need to have more fun, be more exciting, have a blast. Let's do this. You know. And the funny thing about Brad is Brad worked his way. He did a PDI call. He's talk about Katherine Hopkins, the number four branch in the world the next year. Brad took a PDI call. She's like, hey, I'm here to quit, John. I'm so sorry. I got to quit. And Brad Britton goes, Hi, Catherine. How's it going? Good to see you. Yeah. How many jobs do you have now? Five jobs? No problem. You know, I mean, I really don't mind if you quit, but the reality is if you could just do three more appointments, I'd really appreciate it. And that'd be really great. And of course, what happens, she sells like three galley sets on three appointments. She comes to the team meeting. She high fives me goes, John, thank you so much. And I was like, huh? And Brad goes, oh, sorry. I took the PDI call when you're in the restroom. Yeah. I got her to do three more appointments. Isn't that great? And she goes, I <laughs> She came into the team meeting and goes, I quit three of my jobs because I made more money on three appointments. Thank you so much for your love and your support. And it was always Brad Britton. It literally, I went to the bathroom back in the days of the landline. And he was like, oh, she's great. Bam. <laughs> and that's the power of Brad too, by the way. Brad just has that way with people. And if anybody ever questions Brad's desire to help them be great, oh my God, go to Cutkill Care's. Uh, I have a million of things, of course, forever. But God, God, he's just so good with people, and he he never puts himself first. He's always putting people first, and that's back. By the way, he was a sales rep. He was an assistant manager. He was a salesperson who started literally two months before, or six weeks before, or whatever
1: it was. It was awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, these great sales reps that came out of that first summer, you know, they followed you, John, and I know that Brad has told me a story of being at the office. I don't know if it was training or if it was a meeting or something like that. And there was some kind of break where everybody wanted to go get some food and, and you guys were walking across the parking lot and everybody was just following you and wanting to be near you. And he said that you know he observed you, I think you, might, you might've gone to a McDonald's or something like that, and he observed you interacting with the cashier and how you made that cashier feel in that normal, everyday interaction. And, and just the idea that you have an amazing reputation for uplifting other people who are around you. And I'm wondering, you know, what, what do you think creates that? And, and how can other people capture a little bit of John Carpenter into their own personality?
0: Okay, so full disclosure, Dan, I'll be 100% transparent I am not an innovator. I am a stealer of other people's stuff. I'll be honest. I don't know if I've ever had a, an actual thought that didn't come from somewhere, you know, because I Mark Caruso said, hey, why don't you listen to Zig Ziglar? And Zig Ziglar, to me, and I know he's passed away now, but he was just a simple motivational speaker from the Texas area. He ended up living in Dallas by the time that I started with Cutco. And he was just like, be positive. He goes. Everybody that you talk to, whether they're the janitor or the CEO, be positive. And I love that fact. And what I found out is that anytime I talk to anybody in Cutco, why not be positive? First of all, why not picture the best? We have the greatest people. We have the greatest product. We have the greatest opportunity. But Zig Ziglar was the one that got me going. But as far as people that aren't in Cutco, mm. they go every server every person you come in contact whether they're a minimum wage person or like you said i said earlier the ceo he goes how can you make their life better and you know john israel who's literally one of the legends in the business and some guy i look up to has an amazing book about uh, how he sent five thank you letters a day for a year and i didn't know anything about that except for back in those days i just try to go hey how are you doing? How's things going today? Ah, you know, it's going to get better. Just simple things that Zig Zigger would say. I would just, I got excited by that. And sometimes they'd look at you with that, that blank face that said nothing. But for me personally, I was like, I feel better because I talked to this person. You know, I feel better because our conversation was going to be better because our their day was going to be better because I was there.
1: Definitely. You know, I feel grateful to have been exposed to Zig Ziglar at a very early age. Yeah. And I certainly inhaled all of his audios way back then, and probably all of his books as well. And one of the things I remember him saying is, you know, when people would ask, how you doing? And he'd say, super fantastic. But don't worry, I'll get better. Better. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think about how how that sort of an interaction makes somebody feel. You can't help but smile when you interact with someone in that manner, and it just seems like you have a way of interacting with people in that manner that just helps other people. You know, do, do you have other examples or stories of just how you have learned to interact with people, or how you strive to uplift others and and uh, and really be a be a, a beacon of light for other people? Well, first of all,
0: as you know, and a lot of people that are listening, I just love life. I love life about what we have available. I love life. What's what's our future look like? I love life and just realizing that we have a great opportunity where we are. But there are simple things like using a person's name. You know, I think that's such a powerful thing. Looking people in the eye. I know people like make fun of me, but I love over tipping. I love to make people feel good because I work with people that are servers that don't make anything. So for me personally i always just as goofy as it may sound sometimes dan i try to go hey how can i make this person's life a little bit different today how can i make this a little more fun how can i make it more fun for me personally right uh i laugh because monica go you know you're really talking really really loud you know and then some people are going dude you're talking really really loud you know and i just it's hard for me you know my daughter uh gave me an amazing granddaughter and yesterday mimi was sleeping and it was my job she uh was we were playing outside having a great time and i was like james don't wake up mimi two seconds later she's like mimi and i know she was used to talking to me and our and our conversations are so fun and exciting and she woke up mimi like that fast i was like don't wake up mimi you know <laughs> because that's you know that's her grandmother and I, I, I she looked so pleasantly sleeping there and uh the little baby was asleep but You know, it's fun to have that as a goal, but it's also more importantly just to be natural. And just, you know, I I have down times like everybody else, but in general, I feel like I'm very blessed to have a job, to have the opportunity to be positive and exciting and make an impact on people's lives. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah. It seems like that you have a spirit of gratitude for all the things you have in your life. And then also a spirit of generosity. To want to help others experience a lot of those same successes, those same feelings, those same experiences that you've had uh, in your life. And I think that's a great combination that makes your personality so special and and, and unique uh, among our circle. Great, Cool. Yeah, really cool. So... Uh, John, for people who are, you know, getting started in business, young entrepreneurs getting started in Cutco or people outside of Cutco who want to advance in the business that they're a part of, uh, what are some bits of advice that you would have for people like that?
0: So for me, what's really helped me a lot, honestly, is, and I, 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 I'm stealing this phrase again, of course I steal everything, but it's like, stay in your lane, you know, We don't need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to Cutco. We don't need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to business. Again, don't get me wrong. If you have some crazy idea that you want to go into, that's one thing. But for me personally, it was like, what are the best people doing? Right. So we are very blessed in Texoma. We have the greatest, I feel like event team CSPs across the uh, across the nation. And don't get me wrong. Our region has some great stuff. the, The entire nation is just a different level of some of the very, very top people. But we don't need to reinvent the wheel. These guys are great, in my opinion, servants of the business. It's the one thing that Cutco is so different than every other company I know. Every other company I've invested in is like, we have this great idea. We're not sharing it. We have the top people in our entire company literally Tell us how great they can be. And this is all you have to do that's helped me get there from scripts to way to service a customer. And again, it's not always about making a sale our best people are about servicing our customer. You know, we just got done with SLC, Dan. And one of the talks I wasn't looking forward to was John Rulin's message on giftology. I was like, eh, you know, whatever. Wow. That servant's heart that he has, the goal of helping his people and how important that is, you know, I had no clue. I had a goal of a two and it was a 10. I even told us we were at our post meeting, you know, and I was like, oh my God, this is a mind blowing thing because so many of the things that you're talking about, I've been taught about, I've been bred. Doing things not for a transactional reason is so powerful. But it also made me question myself, too, because sometimes some of that transactional stuff goes, if I do this, I'm going to get this. And when people really know you and really care, it's when you do some of the things and so many people are good at this when they don't know. It's mm-hmm. that it's that t- those tickets to the Mavericks game in Dallas, you know, the state the Warriors for you guys. Right. It's, it's just doing things that people don't expect that make them go, oh, my God, this is great. And, you know, my wife is so great. You know, why did you do this? Or why do you have this thought? You know, and I just laugh sometimes and go, well, it's for you, honey, because I love you. And she goes, oh, I do a daily love is cartoon every single day around noon. It's goofy. I just love it because there's a thousand of them on Pinterest but it makes me think about my wife and it makes me love my wife just a little bit more, you know, and we were in a fight, which of course I never am wrong, but it's important to realize for my wife, if she listens, but she's like, why do you do that? And I go, I do it for you, but quite honestly, I do it for me because it makes me love you just a little bit more today. When I'm going through the 5,000 different things that are ahead of me, it makes me realize what's important in my life. And why I do the things that I do. You know, my CSPs will go, Why do you come to the fair? Or, why do you do this? I go, Because that's the only way I can share my love with you. It's the only way that I can show you how great you are in my life. Because no matter what these people in a lot of cases with cut coat think they are in my life, it's way bigger. I think about these guys all the time, but I can't share it as much as I probably would like to. But I love so many great people you know, and so many people are just amazing. And I just so proud to be able to have them in my circle or have them in my life, whether it's in Cutco or I'm doing something for my church and I'm able to say, Hey, but this person does this, this, and this, what if you tried that? It's not me, the old man saying something. It's like what other people are doing, you know? And, uh, I can't wait. My granddaughter loved going to the Cutco State, you know, the State Fair of Texas, but she's the Cutco booth. She's all excited or whatever. But my Cutco guys love me back, Dan. Literally, they're like, hey, Eddie, my son in law, goes, he liked the Cutco K Bar outdoorsman, but your daughter wants to finish out her signature set in red, you know? They're texting me this stuff. I ordered two outdoorsmen. by the time I got done with the text. I can't wait. They showed up today. I'm all excited. You know, my son-in-law is going to be so happy, you know, and my daughter's going to be happy for Christmas, but I have these, these uh, secret Santas everywhere that care about me, and they know the way that I like to help people, and I'm very blessed to be able to help them back when I get the opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool, John. I-, I loved what you said about that servant's heart mentality and, and hearing and learning that from John Rulin. Uh, at our at our recent conference, and and then you also talked about the idea of finding successful people and following their best practices. And, and I do think that for most people in most careers, that is a really important, simple but important concept uh, that uh, the people should take to heart. Is you know who's already doing what you want to be doing, and what are the actions they have, what are the habits they have, what's their thought process? He's getting around them so that you can learn more from them directly. And that, that's one of the key things I feel like is important to advance in a career. You've also mentioned Monica a number of times over the course of this interview, John, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about Monica. So I remember at our recent uh, national conference, uh, Jeff Bry said, get two things right in your life. One is your vocation and the second is your spouse. And you've been now in this vocation uh, here at Vector for 32 years, and you've been married for 34. And so it's pretty clear that uh, in your life, you got those two things very, very right. And I know that Monica has played a major role in the advancement of your career and that having a supportive spouse has been super valuable to you. And just, you know, could, could you... Tell us a little bit about the role Monica has played, not just you know in being a great wife for you and mother for your kids, but in helping you uh, as a business person, as a leader, uh, to grow and to advance.
0: So that's a great one, and and I love Monica like nobody's business, obviously. But everyone likes Monica better than me. That's very very important to know. Anyone <laughs> that spends five minutes with Monica is like, oh my god, she's so much better than John is, okay? they don't say that, by the way, but they think it for sure because Monica has that spirit, that excitement, that love for people, love for everything. The love for my kids and my grandkids, obviously, but that she gives a crap about how my business is going and how things are going. And, you know, the biggest thing when Monica and I uh, were together and we started with Cutco, she was very, very positive and supportive for sure, right? So she let me do the things that I wanted to do but what people don't remember because it's been so long when i was a new district manager and i was working a million hours a week she would take the time to be positive and supportive for me but would let me do the dad things when it came to cutco that were fun and exciting you know she allowed me to be the fun dad and she was the tough person and she would show up at all the conferences and she would be my best cheerleader and she would do all the things that she needed to do. But the best thing she did for me was she had confidence in my ability and very, very committed to me being a success. And again, I don't know what different people think about compliments, but the best thing Monica has ever said to me one time was, she made this thing that says, you're my hero. And I... (laughs) Probably could have cried. I <laughs> probably could have cried on this many times. But she allowed me to have the future that as a family we deserved. And she allowed me to be me. And she was very supportive and positive, but she was also very honest. You know, And I really, really appreciated that. I appreciated the fact that Monica cared about our future. And sometimes we'd have a question come up and she goes, Well, I knew that you were always the one for me. And I knew you were always going to be successful. And there's so many times where I was like, really? Why? And she goes, honey, because you're you and you're me. And we have this funny saying that says it's me and you and you and me, and that's the way it'll always be. You know, location's right. Wife's right. You know, knock on wood, whatever I need to do. God has blessed me in that super, super way where I just figured it out, you know? And, Again I'm just assuming for some crazy reason that she doesn't think she could do better because god knows she could. <laughs> you know people are like your wife is stunning my god why is she with you and I and I go it's got to be the money right? <laughs> <laughs> she is she is phenomenal.
1: Come on man you look like you do and you're a grandfather John like I can't believe that how how old is your granddaughter?
0: So I have a 3 year old and an nine month old
1: how oh, you have two grandchildren now? yes wow. absolutely yeah and oh, wow. the, and, the, and the three-year-old will run my life i guarantee you she is <laughs> that is amazing that's amazing um john what, what else are you most proud of in your life
0: you know when it comes to family there's no question about it that uh, again there's no trophies for family you know coming from the situation that i feel like i've come through and, and i've kind of thought about this question a little bit my parents are handicapped. They've been handicapped their entire life. When I moved back to 1994, part of that reason of moving was to be with my family, and they moved in with me. You know, so my parents have been literally one hall away. They have their own apartment. We built an entire garage, kitchen, the whole deal on the one side. They've been a hall away. And every day that I've been at home since 1994, I'm guessing there's been. One day or two days a month, maybe, where I don't see them, and it's been a, a great blessing to have that opportunity because cutco allows me the flexibility and the freedom. For whatever reason, God chose me to be the patriarch of our family. Uh, so I, I have my parents that were there. We also had a handicapped aunt that lived with us forever before she passed. My grandmother is ninety-five years old, you know, and she's in a place where I just left her. You know, I see her. Her a couple times a week, and, and or at least once a week, I guess. Except except for a couple times a year, and uh you know, Vector has provided me that flexibility to support those people and provide that income. That you know what I'm saying? Like it kind of gives you the not just the flexibility, but the opportunity to be able to take care of people that people dream their entire life. You know, I smile to Monica. She of course she's so witty, but she's like, you know. You're going to have to work 10 extra years of your life uh, because of this. And I just smiled and I was like, No problem, honey. I think we're going to be just fine. And she goes, Yeah, I know we are. And uh, she goes, That way you just can't retire just yet. So, you know, think about what you want to do with your life. And I was like, Great. This is awesome. (laughs) My grandmother's 95. My parents are in good health. She's like, You're going to be watching after them for a long time. And so, honestly, through God and through Cutco and through some positive things that have happened in my life, I'm able to provide emotional and financial opportunities for my family which has been really 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 great but more importantly it makes me feel great emotionally and you know my kids both wrote about this going into college it's like what does it feel like living you know in a commune we joked about it because you know again most people like oh i love my grandparents like wow your grandparents aren't a haul away literally a haul away where they will come in at the most inopportune time in the history of the world because that's what, you know, grandparents do. I guess that's what we do, I should say, more specifically. So again, that's what I'm probably most happy with and not to, not to take away from all the great people that have grown in Cutco uh, over the years, the blessings I've had to make those things, the, the family's probably my most support.
1: Yeah, outstanding, John. Well, this podcast is about changing lives, John, and I'm just wondering uh, to, uh, to wrap up here as we look into the future... Uh, how do you aspire to change people's lives through your work or through your influence?
0: I really feel like this is the greatest opportunity in the world. I really, really do. Obviously, it's affected me dramatically in life. and It's affected my children, both who sold Cutco, both were managers in Cutco. One's in recruiting, uh, one's in uh, e- one's an ER nurse, totally different situ- situations. And whether, I, I, my belief is whether you're with Cutco for six months or you're thinking about six years, this is the place to be let us get under your skin let us get into your heart let us get into your mind and let us show you 18 different ways to be successful for me personally our goal is to help you hit your dreams you know i say this and i mean this with with peace and love i'm the sure thing you know i'm saying whatever you want to do in life i'm always going to be here right i'm here with this job i'm here with this opportunity you want to go do that internship and come back to me? That's okay. Because you know why? Because I'm going to be here for you no matter what. Let me help you, stealing Matthew Kelly, be the best version of yourself.
1: Yeah, well, you've done that, John, for literally thousands of people over your career. Uh, you have a great life. Uh, you have great character. And you're just an incredible role model for so many people. When I was trying to think of one word that would come to my mind when i thought of you and the word admire or admiration wow. is what came up is like, like i just i really admire you john i think everyone that knows you does admire you uh in a lot of ways and uh it's ironic that uh you said you know monica told you you're that uh, you are her hero because uh, you are a hero uh, for so many people both in this business and outside of this business who know you john so Uh, Kudos to you for all the great stuff you've done. And thank you so much for your time here on the podcast today. My pleasure, Dan. Great. We'll talk to you later, John. Thanks, brother. I hope you all enjoyed John Carpenter, everyone. Uh, Really cool that he had the opportunity to be impacted by a leader like Mark Caruso early in his life. And just want to reiterate the idea that virtually every person has self-doubt. We all do. It's a natural tendency that everybody has, and it is difficult to overcome on our own. And what really helps is when there's somebody else there who can tell you, you can do it. You can be successful. You can overcome this. You've got this. You're okay. And it's so important to support people in that manner, to support the people in your life, whether it's your employees, your kids, or the people around you, to support them and to help them to see what's possible versus being somebody who's constantly looking for why things won't work or what could go wrong or what's negative here. That's a paradigm shift that I think is one of the most important things that any of us could do in our lives. Uh in John's early career, he was told, right, to just be John Carpenter. Don't try to be someone else. Be John Carpenter. And who John Carpenter is, is someone who is fun, who is genuine, and who is uplifting. And John brought those things out in his in his early career. I love where he said, I love life. You could definitely tell that John is somebody who has gratitude for every day that he has. And he demonstrates that to others, and he's got that generous spirit to want others to love their lives as well, thinking about what he can do to help other people to feel better in their life, to feel more motivated, more inspired, better about themselves. And then, of course, uh, the amazing role of John's wife, Monica, in his life, and the fact that she also has shown confidence in John, that he can do what he wants to do, that he can be who he wants to be, uh, that he's her hero. It, it really it comes full circle with the way Mark Caruza worked with John, you know, in his early days as a sales rep and his early days as a manager, and how Monica has also supported John throughout his life. Having people like that in our lives is one of the most valuable things, and being that kind of person for others is one of the great things that you can do. So just think about in closing this. Podcast today, how do you make people feel? How do you make people feel who are around you? Are you that uplifting force in people's lives? And how can you become more of that? Thanks for listening to the show today, everyone. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.